Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Cena Sportscast. Today is Wednesday, March 4th. And I'm here with Christian John. It's, I'm Sam Daring, Sam Pops Daring. Uh, he's Christian John. We're excited to have you with us. This is the first edition of the rebrand of um, merging on with Cena Sportscast. So today we'll be talking about um, the Milwaukee Bucks, their load management, should they sit um, reliable players, key players like Giannis and Chris Middleton. Um, a little debate topic with the Packers. If you could have any free agent, if you had money to sign any free agent, who would it be? And we're going to end with the most important, and that is the Christian Yelich extension that just happened yesterday. So, the Bucks currently have the best record in the NBA. And I have been on Twitter numerous uh, on Twitter. There's several polls that people are, are posting, whether it be just fans or even analysts or radio stations. Is with the record they have right now, are they focused on having a historic regular season or are they focused on um or are they focused on making the finals? And this is this is this has to be the Bucks year and I personally think that they should limit Chris Middleton and Giannis's minutes um, because we are getting closer to the end of the season. We are just over a month away. Um, and I do think they should sit Giannis and Chris Middleton, guys like them, and even Bledsoe. I would go as far as to say, like, I think Brooke Lopez should sit. I think George Hill should get nights off. He's not going to play tonight against the Pacers with uh, growing contusion, but it's just they need to be fresh for the playoffs. You have a nine-game lead over the Toronto Raptors, who are currently the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Nothing else matters right now except for the playoffs, and you're already in. You would really have to be terrible to not be the number one seed in the East, so it, it just makes too much sense to me that you have Giannis sit a night here, Chris Middleton sit a night there, Bledsoe, who's sick. I, I don't want to see Bledsoe play tonight, to be honest, just because he's getting over something. It cut his minutes down to 21 minutes in their game against Miami. Brooke Lopez is an older fella. He should sit a couple of nights here and there. And I don't want us to sit guys at home, though. That is the one thing. Like For your fans, you should have your guys out there. But when we're playing a team like the Denver Nuggets at Denver, who cares? It, you know, yeah, you bought tickets to see Giannis play Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets. But honestly, that's not for us what it's about. It's about winning a championship, like you said. It's time to really start managing and getting these guys' nights off. And I think another thing to point out is their bench is a lot stronger than they were last year. They retained George Hill. And they went and grabbed um, the other Lopez brother, Robin Lopez. They got Kyle Korver. Dante's healthy. And they still have Dante DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo who's playing very well this year. Yep. So, and then you pick up Marvin Williams. Exactly. And it's not like – and, like, I do – like, your bench is going to win you games. And I think they would have done it last year, but at times it was questionable. However, they almost did beat a – um, very struggling Hawks with their reserves last year. I think that's when they that's when they lost on the buzzer beater. Yeah, that was when Tim Frazier played literally the entire yep. game. Yep. Tim Frazier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do like 
it's like like if you sit guys like Giannis Middleton, if you sit like three of your starting five, and you put like half of the guys off the bench in the game, they're still gonna win you games. This is a stronger bench than the Bucks had last year. Yeah, a team of George Hill, Wes Matthews, <laughs> uh, Dante Divincenzo, Marvin Williams, and say Brooke Lopez. That's still, I mean, that's like a good unit. That's a decent starting five that fits really well together. So I couldn't agree more. I definitely think this is the time is now to start sitting guys. I know there's still like 20 games left in the regular season, but I I don't think it's ever too early to get these guys nights off. One last thing to point out before we move on to the Packers is do you regret? I mean, I don't one bit and I would love to hear people's opinions. Um, because there are people earlier on in the season that said we should have kept Malcolm Brogdon. Or they're saying, I hope they realize if we would have had Malcolm Brogdon, we wouldn't have the money to we, – we would either have George Hill or Brooke Lopez. We wouldn't have the money to sign a lot of our bench players that are playing very well right now. So I think in the long term, and even this year, I think John Horst made the a right decision. Yeah, I think Wes Matthews is a better <clears throat> fit along the other <clears throat> starting four. And Brogdon was the worst of the five last year. So, it to me, it made a lot of sense then. And you still have a draft pick. You get draft picks out of it. And you have a first-round pick in this year's draft, which, with how good Horst is, I mean, look, at he grabbed Dante at 17, and that pick's going to be around that range this year. So, if you could add another guy like Dante who's young and is on a cheap, affordable contract... That'll be great for the future. So I I had no qualms about it when it happened. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of people. <laughs> I wonder if people actually think that Chris Middleton is um, not living up to his deal because he is obviously Middleton's improved. a star, don't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> so moving on to the Packers, um, I decided to uh, think of a debate kind of that no one talks about. It has to do with free agency <clears throat> um, in the draft. So yesterday I kind of talked about offensive prospects and actually bringing up a position positions of need. And tomorrow I'll be doing the same thing, but on the defense. So my question for you is this. If you had the money to sign any free agent, uh, one free agent of need from the pack for the Packers, whether it be wide receiver linebacker, interior defensive line, who would it be? So I'm going to kind of quote Andy Herman, who we had on the podcast or, uh, last last week, yeah. And if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one and then come back and listen to this one because Andy's amazing. But I'm going with tight end. I'm going with Austin Hooper. It just makes the most sense to me just because – Tight end's a very difficult position, and you brought it up, I believe, on that podcast with guys like Eric Ebron, who they didn't get acclimated to the NFL right away. They waited till their second contract to finally get acclimated. Uh, Sternberger had his moments, but I, I don't feel comfortable rolling with, like, Jay Sternberger and then bringing back Mercedes Lewis. So, I, I for me, it's Austin Hooper. He makes the offense that much better. He's a really good pass catcher, and he's just a young tight end, too, so... There's room for growth with a guy like Hooper. Yeah, and I brought up Austin Hooper yesterday. Is Matt like Aaron Rodgers? Matt Ryan is very much a regressing quarterback. He started regressing a few years ago, 
and there were um, reports with, of executives saying and analysts, is can Matt Ryan lead a team now? And what I said yesterday is Austin Hooper, has, he's one, he screams consistency. And two, he's proved that you don't need an elite quarterback. He doesn't need an elite quarterback to produce the numbers that he's been producing his entire career. Even when Matt Ryan has um, been struggling his past two or three seasons, Austin Hooper still put up numbers. So, I'm on the other side of the ball. And after watching the last few games of the season... um, let alone the NFC title game was hard to watch. You got Raheem Mostert um, putting up uh, four touchdowns. He was an undrafted free agent. He was cut by six different teams. And the Packers were in their meet. They're below average um, in rushing. They're, they're in the bottom half, I would say, or even the top 15 to top 20. In giving up rushing yards, they've averaged giving up um, over 100 yards rushing a game. Um, so I wrote my Packers offseason move the day after they lost the title game um, on Cream City Central. If you haven't read it, um, go check it out. Uh, it's called Packers Top Offseason Moves. And into I've got the interior defensive line because um, of these games that I've been seeing. And... This man was actually just tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones would help you immensely. And just because we signed him, I do also think that you need to add on depth um, in the draft, whether even if it's early. And I would not be opposed to drafting one in the first two days of the draft, and I think that should happen regardless if we sign a guy like Chris Jones. But Chris Jones is an elite player. He's entering the prime of his career, and you've got him and you've got Kenny Clark, and that would just be a force to watch. And if you sign Chris Jones, you keep Kenny Clark, who is going to be due for an extension and a well-deserved extension, um, then that is going to be an elite force to be reckoned with. And I would not doubt they're going to be – they could be in the top ten for – um, giving up the least amount of rushing yards on that front line. And don't re- remember also you have, I do think we're going to see more of Kingsley Kiki next year. And right now, outside of Clark, there's not a whole lot of depth on that interior D-line. You, you have Montrevi- Montrevious Adams, um, who was an early pick uh, just a few years ago out of Auburn. And he hasn't he hasn't lived up to his potential in my eyes. Um, one, he's injury prone, so I do give him sympathy for that. But even when he's on the field for the majority of the time, he doesn't produce what we had hoped. What we had hoped, and they now have Dean Lowry given an extension, who I still think still has to live up to his extension. Um, I do think it was well deserved. But if you sign Chris Jones, um, that's a major step, an upgrade, and a step in building towards. Um, Attention to the top 10 and giving up the least amount of rushing yards. And now here's where I went with and why I went with the way I did rather than anywhere else is just because A, you brought up Kingsley Kiki. I'm a very big Kingsley Kiki fan. I do believe that he will be able to produce starting next year. I, I don't think he got even enough 
snaps this year, but that's not my decision. But when I look at the draft, I see guys at inside linebacker. Uh, there's obviously all of the receivers. And I, I do even think there's really good options at defensive line, but for me, tight end was the biggest. There's a hole here in the draft, and there's a hole on our team at tight end versus defensive line. Chris Jones is phenomenal. <coughs> I would I would be very happy if Chris Jones was a Green Bay Packer, but that's just kind of the way I went and why. Yeah, and I think that's very reasonable as well because as of right now, who knows if Jimmy Graham's on the team. As of right now, I think you and I can both agree on that Jay Sternberg is the only lock to be a Packer next year. Right. Tony yep. and Lewis are both up for new deals, and Jimmy Graham might not even make the team by week one. I very much agree so, with that. Exactly. So I think Austin Hooper would make a lot of sense. And I think we both kind of went over this last week when we had Andy Herman on the podcast, is they were linked to him last year during the deadline to trade for him. So the Packers have been linked to a few tight ends the past few years, including um, guys like Tyler Eifert, I believe. I want to say Eric Ebron was even in that mix. So... The Packers, like you said, and like Andy Herman mentioned, the tight end is a very hard position to learn. And I compared it, to, like, in a sense, to kind of to the quarterback position, is tight ends are very hard to come around. And it's very hard for a tight end to stay consistent for that amount of years. And that's why, like, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you at all because I, I would – Tight end is probably in my top two or three of positions of need if I were to pick another guy behind Chris Jones because the Packers need to have a defined tight end. And their past history of Martellus Bennett and now Jimmy Graham, um, something needs to change. And um, Mike McCarthy didn't know how to use tight ends. That's, that's not the way his offensive system worked. And Matt LaFleur, and a lot of people are going to – say, oh, Delaney Walker was garbage. Delaney Walker still produced decent numbers when Matt LaFleur run heavy offense, and he actually knew how to utilize tight ends. And that's the one sympathy I get for Jimmy Graham out in Seattle is they didn't know how to use tight ends at all. Like, that. that's why he went from New Orleans, from that the Max Unger trade, to Seattle, and his numbers dropped substantially. So that's the one sympathy I have for him. But even now, when you have him in the Matt LaFleur system... He's still not producing, and I don't doubt. I would not surprise me at all one bit if he gets cut before week one. So, our last one to end on you um, for today, and is the Christian Yelich extension. So, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of surprised he didn't take more. I love the contract. What is it's I is it I think it's I believe it's nine years, two hundred and fifteen million. Well that's including the two years he still has on his deal. So it's it's seven right. years, yeah. I think a hundred and eighty nine years million. left. Yep, yeah. Christian Yelch is an outstanding player to build around. I'm kind of surprised he didn't take more. Like two hundred million kind of like for the talent that he has, he's he was still good in Miami. And two hundred million and for the talent that he has, I'm kind of surprised. Like It kind of seems like that was one of his first offers. 
now I'm gonna go more in depth on this on Friday. I uh, this is awesome for a Brewer fan. Obviously, this is something that this is the biggest contract we've ever given out in franchise history. Obviously, uh, right behind the Brian Braun or right in front of the Brian Braun contract. He he's a generational talent. He you could really make the argument that he should have been a back to back MVP. I really think Yelich was drastically underrated in his time with Miami. He was really good. He really was. He he wasn't near the player he is now, but he was still a really good baseball player. And he took a really low ball offer on his first ever extension, and it was extremely team-friendly, and he's doing this again. Yelich, this makes me really believe that Yelich wants to win. He wants to be built around. He wants to be on winning teams. But also, he's somewhat practical in the sense that I mean, he's still going to make over $200 million in his career. I mean, I don't think I could spend $200 million in my lifetime, and I feel Christian Yelich feels the same way. So it's awesome to see, though, Milwaukee keep a guy like this in-house. And again, I have a lot more to say about this, but I will go a lot more in-depth on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I kind of kind of said my part. I, I don't want to give away too much, kind of let you do uh, go a lot more in-depth with this extension. But, yeah, like you said, Brewers fans should be very happy about this. Um, hopefully going to be a Brewer for life. And like you said, it's the second biggest contract behind Ryan Braun. I, I think Ryan Braun's a Brewer for life as well. Even he's always going to be flying around trade rumors. He's never leaving. And Ryan, Ryan Braun's a guy that you want to have that I want, I would want at least sticking around um, after he retires, put him in the clubhouse as a coaching for coaching or even a play-by-play announcer up with Brian Anderson and Bill Schroeder. Yeah, I really want to see Ryan Braun in the booth. I love Ryan Braun during interviews that are not about performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, again, yeah, and that's like, people are never going to forgive him for that. Like, yeah, he admitted it. He's he been two eighty and he's thirty six years old. He's still I love Ryan Braun until the day I die. I love Ryan exactly. Care. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a unfortunate thing, but I don't oh, know. Oh, it is. At least he didn't steal yeah, signs he's in not the World Series. One. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you make a very good point. So. So that ends it. Um, tune in tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. Tune in tomorrow uh, as I go over. Um, our defensive prospects and uh, players that would be good fits for the Green Bay Packers. little preview like Kenneth Murray or even Neville Gilmore. And I'll go in-depth with more of the free agents on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And tune in Friday as Christian, like he said before, goes in more in-depth with the Christian Yelich extension. And that will end our first week of the rebrand. So we are halfway through this week. Um, with our new rebrand, we're very excited about it. Very excited for the new change, and I hope you all are as well. So give us a follow on our Facebook, which is CNS Sports Podcast. Our Twitter is CS Sports Feed too, and our Instagram is CS Sports Feed. And give us a follow on our personal accounts. I am Sam underscore Daring sixty eight. So I think I messed up on that last or yesterday. Christian is I love Brent Suter. So with that being said, uh, thank you for joining us, and I will see you tomorrow, and he'll see you Friday.